I'm truly grateful, as I mentioned, to be with you here this morning. My time a few years ago here as a seminary was very formative and very helpful in my discernment. I greatly appreciated the support of this parish, especially your, your continued prayers over all these years. And it leads me to something like this gospel, where Jesus tells his disciples, that which I tell you shall make the message known. And that is just that it is really our joy and our salvation to do the will of God, to make his message known, his gospel, to, to do what he tells us to do, not out of pure obedience alone, but out of love and rejoicing in the goodness of God. And I pray that that may permeate my entire priesthood for the rest of my life. But another aspect of today's readings, especially this gospel, is that they contain an interesting mix of comforting and warning, bringing up the realities of the consolation of God and the consequences of sin. And Jesus tells us of the awareness that the Father has for each of us and the loving care with which he views us, and that should be an inspiring, consoling thing. But in the same breath, Jesus tells those very same disciples to fear the one who can kill both body and soul in Gehenna. What's with this bipolar message? If God loves us so much, why does Jesus need us to worry about anything else other than that? And the short answer, if that's the question that you had, is because it's all true. It is absolutely true that God loves each of us, and this is the greatest truth we could ever come to know, and it's a truth we should return to again and again and receive more deeply into our hearts every day. But it's also true that it's possible to reject God. And if it's possible to reject God, then it's possible to be separated from Him. This is what we mean when we speak of hell. In other words, Jesus is telling us, hell is real. And it is possible to go there for eternity. Our Christian sensibilities might react to that with, do we really need to hear about that? Do we really need to be talking about this? Well, if Jesus found it necessary to say this to his disciples back then, I think it's likely worth repeating. And I think probably each of us needs to hear it every once in a while, too. Yes, even in our day and age, where we think we have virtue and human kindness worked out and understood, we need this reminder because it's true. And it's worth being real about this. It doesn't do anyone any good to pretend otherwise. We do have an enemy, an enemy who has powerful influence over the world, and we live in a certain sense, here and now, amidst his domain. St. Paul tells us in our second reading today that sin ruled after Adam, that sin entered into the world, and death has had its hold on the world ever since. And if you look around today, if you look outside your window or on your TV screen, it is obvious that the influence of sin is definitely still ruling in some capacity. It will not rule forever. But we who follow Christ are the resistance, if you will, to the current regime of sin and death. We rebel against the rule of Satan despite its power in the world. In this way, you and I and all of us Catholics in the Pilgrim Church are much like the Hebrews when they were slaves in Egypt. Destined for freedom according to God's law, we live currently under the impression of temptation and vice. And if we aren't careful, like some of the Hebrews, we can actually grow so accustomed to sin and its fleeting rewards that we might end up disdaining the idea of freedom when it's offered to us. 
cases as that even, if we're not on guard. And nothing could be more tragic than trading the eternal life God offers for the false illusion of freedom that is found in sin. And the question perhaps often used today to argue against or undercut a homily such as this is whether or not we really must fear the enemy, since we have God on our side and cannot be overcome. Is it worth worrying about this? And the answer to that question depends on what you mean by fearing the enemy. It's not as if there's any chance that God will not win in the end. After all, God and Satan are not equal. They're not two sides of the same coin. Satan is a creature. He is no match for God's infinite power and the victory of Christ's past the mystery and his death and resurrection. Satan stands no chance. So in that sense, the answer is no. We should not fear the enemy. He does not have the power to condemn us without our consent. But we should fear the enemy insofar as we recognize his cunningness and the fact that sin leads to death always and everywhere. We should fear him and his influence insofar as fear means avoiding anything that leads that way or that gives him any power in our lives. In that sense of the word fear, we definitely should fear the enemy. We should fear the power of evil and avoid sin at all costs, even if it really meant it to shedding our own blood. And if Jesus found this to be an appropriate warning back then, I presume, like I said, that we ought to hear it as well, at least every once in a while, if not every day. But brothers and sisters, take courage in the fight. Christ has conquered definitively sin and death. We must only stay faithful to the victory who has already despoiled hell. Let us dedicate ourselves all the more to following God's commands, which lead to eternal life by His loving kindness. And let us, of course, also pray for one another, so that, acknowledging Jesus as Lord of our lives, He will honor us in the presence of His merciful Father.